Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Batter Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 137 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Sarovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So um, I think we. I am ready to say that the Mets are not simply good. They are very good. <laughs> <laughs> the Mets are great. They're really, really great. They are excellent, even. Um, they, um, since we last recorded, uh, the Mets took four out of five from the Atlanta Braves in a crucial series, um, between the two teams. And now they are seven games up on the Atlanta Braves as we enter play today on Tuesday, August 9th. Um, aside from Taiwan Walker having a bad day as pitchers do even the best ones, um, the Mets simply dominated the Braves in every facet of the game. They hit better than them. They played better defense than them, and they pitched better than them. And they won four out of the five games as a result of that. And it was beautiful to watch. <laughs> they looked like a team with a commanding lead in the division, and they have one. Yeah, it was great. And all their stars rose to the occasion, too. Yeah, yeah everyone was in on it. Yeah, like it, it was like all the biggest all the biggest names on the Mets who really 
contributed the most. Like Alonso and Lindor were red hot and contributed most of the RBIs during that series. Um, obviously, we'll get to this separately, but Jake and Max pitched excellently. Um, Edwin Diaz was obviously untouchable again. It's just like all the guys who, you know, all the stars on the team really stepped up. And it just made it like looking at the fact that we have a team now that has Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer and Edwin Diaz on it. It's honestly hilarious. Like, it's just like not even fair to the opposition at this point. So if like Jake and Max can just go eight and then bring in Diaz, that's a pretty good formula. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just yeah. forget it. Yeah. And then the, in the postseason, geez, it's going to be brutal. It's not yeah. for us. We rave for us. And a lot of people were commenting as much during this series saying that, you know, the Mets with with DeGrom and Scherzer at the top of the rotation now, like everyone dreamed of at the beginning of the season, the Mets now look like a force to be reckoned with in a postseason series against literally anyone. I know that the Mets are probably not going to finish with a better record than the Dodgers um, because that's going to be difficult to do. But you know, against in a postseason series, I'll take the Mets against anyone right now against anyone. We saw this formula in 2015 with Kershaw and Cranky. Yes. And we and we saw the Mets hitting formula in 2015 with the 2015 Royals. Royals yeah. The Mets with exactly what the 2022 Mets are doing now. So they're like a combination of the 2015 Dodgers and the 2015 Royals. That's a pretty good baseball team, I'd say. I would not take any bets against that baseball team. <laughs> not at all. Um, well, plus, I would say Diaz was better than Kenley Jansen, though. Yes, which is saying yeah. something, but yes. Yeah. Because Kenley Jansen was not striking out like nearly 60% of the batters he was facing. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, and then whoever, I, I can't remember who the Dodgers had out as their third starter or if they even had a fourth in that series. I don't think they oh, did. Well, it was somebody who made a clown comment, and they ended up blasting him. Was it Alex Wood? No, was it? Might have been. Mm. I can find this out. I think he said something stupid, and <laughs> they, bl- they absolutely blitzed him in game three. But I can't remember what he said. First of all, I can't remember who it was. And then second of all, I can't remember what he said. But even so, I mean, I think what's one of the things that's really great is like not only do you have the Kershaw Granky one, two at the top, but also like Bassett has been fantastic. Yeah, Tyler their three Walker, is probably Friday better night. than whoever their the Dodgers three was back then. Yes. Brett Anderson pitched. Oh, Brett Anderson. Three. Jeez, man. Yes, the Mets can bring out someone better than Brett Anderson. Yes, they can. Sorry, Brett. <laughs> yeah, Chris Bassett is better than Brett Anderson. No Taiwan Walker is better than Brett Anderson. Yeah. Um, although it becomes it, something that I've been thinking about recently is that it becomes interesting um, if, and I think that, you know, obviously, like I said, every pitcher, even the best ones, have a bad day. And Taiwan Walker had a bad day on Friday. But it becomes interesting if he, is, you know, inconsistent and or hurt in the second half the way he was last year if Carlos Carrasco leapfrogs him as far as the postseason rotation pecking order. 
Well, one of them's going to end up in the bullpen anyway. Yes. Yes. In the oh, in the postseason, I should say they're not yes. they're not going to have a five man rotation at least in the first series. Yes, and Tyler yeah. McGill is theoretically going to be a bullpen guy when he and returns. David Peterson. Yeah, they're they're already like gearing him up for that. Um, he like they're ex- like he expects to return as a reliever, and that's how he's approaching it, his rehab and everything like that. Um, Which I think is a really smart way to go about it. Yes. Yes. Also, um, I just saw a tweet come up, and I don't mean to get us off topic, but the tweet's hilarious, and I need please, to share please do. it because I'm dying. It's a uh, Stephanie Epstein tweet, and she goes, Keith Hernandez just said on the Mets broadcast that he has asked SNY not to make him call Phillies games anymore because he doesn't like watching them play. <laughs> as far as fundamentally and defensively, the Phillies have just not been up to it. Oh my God, the bad fundies have offended Keith Hernandez so deeply that he refuses to imagine. Call imagine making <laughs> Keith Hernandez that bad. Oh my God. Oh like my it God. offends him on a personal level, the bad fundies. Keith is Keith is in peak form today because also during the broadcast, before I before we started recording the podcast, the game started late because there was a weather delay. But during the first inning, at one point, Keith referred to Tyler Naquin as Tyler uh Naquil yes and uh and Gary was like Keith uh do you need a nap are you like secretly thinking about Nyquil and Keith was like well I was on some Nyquil because I was getting over like a little bug and so it was on the brain and it was just like he was in peak form he also gave the headless horseman a a shout out which is you know up my alley being from well, my dad is from Sleepy Hollow, so the, yes. the Sleepy Hollow got a mention on the broadcast too, <laughs> which is just excellent. Um, but speaking of Tyler Na- Naquil, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of our friend Tyler Naquin, um, the I think something that else that has stood out in the Brave series is that the new guys, particularly Daniel Vogelbach and Tyler Naquin, are excelling. Um, in addition to the stars sort of stepping up, the new guys that they've acquired um, on the hitting side have been fantastic. Um, I mean, Daniel Vogelbach's in cover off the ball. Vogie's going to be, I'm calling it now, Vogie's going to have a big hit in the in the postseason. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's going to be a cult favorite. And like, that'll go be like, go down like, you'll be watching like the replay of it like 20 years from now. Like the Daniel Vogelbach home run. <laughs> I know that, I know that the Mets didn't, like, I know that it's not as big of a trade by any stretch of the imagination as the UNS Cespedes trade, but he's becoming Cespedes like in the way that he's becoming a cult hero so quickly. See, I think I, yes. I compare more to like a Benny Agbayani. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I could see that. Too. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, I think he kind of threads the needle between, you know, the, the kind of Kelly Johnson, Juan Uribe acquisitions in 2015 of like role-playing guys, very funny, good personalities, like people you want around on your team. And then Cespedes, like absolute game changer. I think his impact is much bigger than Uribe and Johnson, but like, obviously not on the like world killing UNS Cespedes level. Yeah, but he's like a serviceable, you know, depth guy. But like you said, he's just that one step above Johnson and Uribe. 
Yeah. Yeah, basically. Like I said, Benny, he's Benny Agbayani. <laughs> yeah, he's basically Benny Agbayani. And he, Agbayani did have that big hit, well, the big home run in the Giants series. So that's yep. going to be Daniel Vogelbach. Yeah, I feel like he's having a very similar story arc here, setting up for it anyway. Um, but the biggest, if you want to, if you want to believe the Mets front office, the biggest trade deadline acquisition of all was Jacob deGrom, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, it, we already talked about, you know, his first start back, which happened before we recorded last time, but his second start back and his home debut was even more impressive than his first game. Um, he was perfect through five and two thirds innings. Um, and then he seemed to kind of get a little tired. He walked a guy and then gave up a two run homer to Dansby Swanson. He just like, you know, stopped locating the way he was, but it was just like that first five, that five and two thirds innings was as good as he's ever been. And that's saying something yeah. for Jacob to Grom. Like it's, it, it was just incredible. Like he was just on another level. Boss level Jacob to Grom, but he leveled up. Yeah, like how does he keep how? leveling up? Mean? And it's his second start back. <laughs> it's his second start back. Um, like we were talking about, oh yeah, Jake and Max can each go eight and then just hand it off to Edwin Diaz. Like that is seriously the plan. It's just that Jake just has to ramp up to eight, but he will. <laughs> and then yeah. it's just going to be like, oh, perfect game through eight hand to Edwin Diaz. He strikes He's out been the side. so of the efficient in these first couple of outings too. Yes, yeah. incredibly proficient. Because that's the thing is that like, guys who get a lot of strikeouts aren't always very proficient because they aren't, you know, getting guys to just like swing at everything and quickly put balls in play. Um, So high strikeout guys can sometimes run a lot of three, two counts, but obviously Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer are a different level than everybody else. And that's Edwin Diaz, who seems to have taken the three, uh, the three pitch strikeout to another level. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Um, that is one of the things that has made Edwin Diaz next level this season is the fact that he has not run high counts and he has even, even uh, in outings where he's looked amazing in the past and, you know, struck out the side or, you know, just had like had a one, two, three inning, he would often run a lot of three, two counts, um, because he would throw a lot of those like sliders in the dirt, um, that would miss and not fool the hitter into swinging. Um, but he's not doing that this year. He's just like striking the side out, out the side on 10 pitches. Like and he was always good for at least like one walk too. Usually. Yeah. And he's completely cut that down too. It's insane. It's insane. The pitching staff that we have. It's like, so good. Like, like, you, like Edwin Diaz is having a historical season and you like, you laugh when he comes in, but that's what Jake and, sure as you're due for seven innings where you just can't believe what you're seeing. Right. Like Jacob deGrom's out here regularly pumping in triple digit fastballs and 95 mile an hour sliders. Like I think that someone showed, I think it might've been Sarah Slang showed like the 10 hardest sliders thrown all season. And like eight (laughs) or nine of them were deGrom and deGrom's only had two starts. (laughs) Yes, that was. Well, they didn't even fell off a slider until the sixth inning. Right, they didn't. It was unhittable. Like he got, I think it was. I can't remember. I think it was like eighteen yes, straight. It was eighteen swings and misses on his slider before they made contact with one. That's and insane. it was a foul. And it was a foul. Yeah, that's that's just that's video game stuff. That's insane. 
<laughs> like, yeah. like call Jake up to the next level. This this looks it, too easy. Video game stuff, but also he needs to play it on a higher difficulty because this is obviously not, you know, not a it's suitable challenge easy. for him anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the Mets are a very good baseball team, and they showed it in that series against the Atlanta Braves. But did the Braves fans, or in certain cases, Braves players? give the Mets credit for being a good team. No, they didn't. They did not. <laughs> of course. Instead, all these flavors and they chose salty. Instead, they got extremely salty. The saltiest I've ever seen. Saltier than the Dead Sea. Just so salty. <laughs> like, um, and we thought it would be a fun time to read off some of the saltiest of the salt. Um, multiple listener requests. Yeah, we got listener requests to live read the the salty tweets. And so we are we are complying with those because so instead of funny. like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets, this is a Pato's salty tweets, a uh, Pato salty tweets. Yes. Oh, that's the title of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, a Pato salty tweet. <laughs> so we're we're starting with we're starting with uh, salty Spencer Strider, who who, you know, didn't make it out of the third inning in his start against the Mets. He's been, he's been having a very good rookie season. Um, and the Mets got to him, you know, it happens. Sometimes you have They're a bad day. really resent, re, like uh, not resent relentless team. Yeah. And For you know, like long time pitchers. That's a tricky, it's tricky what they bring to the table. And Taiwan you know, Walker had no problem giving credit to the Braves. Exactly. Like I was just going to say that, you know, Taiwan Walker, a very good pitcher had a bad day in that series. And, and, and he simply said, the Braves are a good team. I didn't do my job. And that's on me. Like, period. No excuses. Spencer Schreider, when asked about why the Mets are so good about grinding out at bats, he said, I don't know. It helps when they're getting calls and 1-1 one, one counts turn to 2-1 counts instead of 1-2 counts and stuff like that. When your BAPIP is 330-340 as a team, it's tough to get quick innings and get quick outs. So basically, he's saying the umpire the umpires were favoring the Mets and not giving him calls. And he's mad. Well, it's everybody's fault, but his own like, dude, you lasted two innings. Right. Yeah. And like talk about, about lock all you want, but the Braves struck out 19 times in that game. That's a lot of strikeouts. Right. Exactly. And like, you know, our pitching staff is good. So like, of course they struck out a lot, but like, like you face Jacob deGrom, at least give him some credit. But like, like, oh, I went up against a tough pitcher today. I knew it was going to be an uphill battle. Say something like that. You can cry all you want about the Mets being lucky, but they the reason why their bat pip is high is because they put the ball in play. Yep. But things happen when you put the ball in play. Sometimes you get lucky when you put the ball in play, period. And being the brave, <laughs> I retweeted Donovan Bim Mitchell, who I love. Please, next trade for him. Saying the Braves are just throwing the ball anywhere. Yeah, they played bad defense. Yeah. They played bad yeah, they defense. Looked, they they even like not only did they have a lot of misplays that led to good stuff happening for the Mets, they even had a lot of misplays that they got away with. Yeah, like, they looked so sloppy the whole game, and it wasn't just like the Mets got lucky and. Um, converted on every possible opportunity. Like, no, they were just sloppy from start to finish and it could have been worse. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the next salty tweet, which is 
like we saw all variety of like cousin of the yes of the home plate umps love the Mets and I would argue that this is the you know even uglier cousin um what a goddamn joke the New York Mets lead the lead the MLB the MLB I hate when people say MLB by the way the New York Mets lead the MLB in replay challenges one determined by people in New York. The Mets had an 80% success rate on challenges this season prior to today. Alonzo never touched home was originally called out and New York overturned the call. The New York Mets are twice as successful as any NL East team on replay challenges determined by people in New York this season. So basically the insinuation there is because the replay center is located in New York, there is a pro Mets bias at the, I like to imagine um, that it's that the replay center is actually like um, a rec room in like Bayside. Oh my um, God. And that the the replay refs are like, like sweaty, hairy Mets, like Queens Mets fan dudes. (laughs) And just like being that dude, let's go Mets baby. Love the Mets. Yeah, literally imagining like a room full of Sopranos characters just like radioing back to the field. Let's go Mets, baby. Love the Mets. Love the Mets. (laughs) It's it's like a Billy Eichner on the the street. Like, hey, was that safer out? Was that safer out? Like, (laughs) come on, guys. This is a joke on several levels, obviously, but I because we're doing salty tweets, I feel the need to break it down, even though we shouldn't give this tweet the time of day. But there there. There are so many reasons why this is wrong. Number one, there the 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 umpires in the replay center are not from New York. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> they're, they're just random MLB umpires who happen to be at the replay center, which happens to be located in New York. Number two, I guess the replay center moved to Atlanta overnight from New York because the very next day they got a play wrong against a replay wrong against the Mets on that Brandon Nimmo like out safe double play like whatever weird did he tag him yeah funny we didn't hear too much from the replay center tinfoil hat crowd after that one yeah wild um crazy that better Um, throw one in there for the Braves so they don't come looking for us (laughs) we gotta make it look oh they're on to us you gotta make it look like an accident (laughs) Tony they're on to us Tone We got a red alert. We got a red alert. Um, so Lindor just hit a home run. Oh yeah, that's um, that's the stuff I like. Um, and the the third reason why this is ridiculous is that this guy is pointing out that the Mets are way more successful than other teams. Like that's something. Like that's an aberration or something weird. When in, instead, the reason is actually just that Buck Showalter and the replay coordinator are good at their jobs. And Buck Showalter picks and chooses his challenges and doesn't challenge unless he's pretty dang sure he's going to be right. So I would like to see alongside the like success rate of the challenges, how many total challenges each manager has done, because I bet Buck is among the, the fewest of any manager. Yeah, it's not like he like just challenges something every game and they automatically call it. Right. Yeah, no, he's really thoughtful. And to the point where now, I mean, if there's no indication that he's going that he's going for a challenge, I immediately assume that it was a good call to begin with, or at least one that would be too difficult to overturn. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it, like from a hockey perspective, the replay people are in Toronto. So there is a conspiracy theory that they favor Canadian teams. So I don't know if that's what he's basing his conspiracy on, <laughs> but it's not true. <laughs> yeah. So that was just an insane. That was my favorite salty tweet because that was just an insane tinfoil hat tweet. Like that was wild, like even from them. Most of them were just like Mets are lucky, which like is silly, but like whatever. This was like next level c- conspiracy theory stuff. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But even going back to the Mets are lucky. Look at this franchise. Lucky is not the word you would describe the New York Mets. Well, Well, I think a lot of it comes. I think a lot of it is really literally just that they get a lot of infield hits and and force a lot of errors. But. That is also really easily explained, which is that they are fast and they put the ball in play. Right. They just don't think about it more deeply than that. They're just like bap it and infield hits. Yeah. I think that's Eric Chavez's hitting philosophy because that's the it type is, of player yes. he was. Yes. It's clearly an organizational philosophy and an Eric Chavez product. And also um, look at the dudes they bought in. That's who Mark Hanna is as a player. And that's a bit how he's been throughout his career. Yeah, high on base players, building around guys like Canna, Brandon Nimmo. Even Pete Alonso is more selective than you would expect from a slugger. Daniel Vogelbach, excellent plate discipline. Um, They all have really good, like there's nobody up there who is an easy strikeout free swinger. I mean, some guys are slightly more than average strikeouts, but none none of them are, you know, Mark Reynolds is not up there. Right. None of the Mets so are I among the I have to tell you, every couple of years, I remember that Mark Reynolds was never a Met. And it doesn't drive. <laughs> Matt Reynolds was a Met. Yes. Times. <laughs> no, this is the other one. <laughs> the other one. Matt um, Reynolds was a Met this year. Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. <laughs> that's a thing that happened. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> the year of our Lord 2022. Um, but... In what uh, in one breath, they will say the Mets have have been so lucky. And then in the other breath, they'll chant like 1986 at us and like say like, oh, the Mets are celebrating because this is their World Series and stuff like that. Which is that the go to because the Yankee fans said that. No, exactly. I was like, oh, oh, you you sound just like Yankee fans. You sound literally like Yankee fans right now, which I guess like any team that gets like a taste of success starts to sound like Yankee fans. Like, I guess that's like the default. Like, oh, look at our rings. Look at our rings. Like that's 27 rings. Like they just start 
defaulting to that, which, yeah, I don't know. Again, well, um, the fans were saying the same thing, like, oh, this is your World Series. Like, why is that the default argument now? Like, we're allowed to cheer at the baseball game. No, fun's not Having allowed. fun is permitted. I I have looked in the rules, and no rules <laughs> say fun's not that allowed you before must October. Be a, minimum, a maximum of X days removed um, from your World Series win in order to enjoy a baseball that is that is not in the rules um this also leads to uh i can only conclude that the entirety of rave twitter has literally one meme yes whole there's there seems to be only one meme in the entire braves universe and that is the one of the the medalist like celebrating and spraying champagne and then it pulls back and like in the original he's the third place winner but in this they show is the fifth place winner with all the other NL East teams having won World Series more recently. And like, I don't care. I will happily like, I'll send a note back in time to like fall 2021 Maggie, who was pretty bummed that the Braves won or like 2008 Maggie, who was definitely bummed that the Phillies won. But like, I'm sorry, I'm not sitting here in the middle of August 2022 like fill in my diaper over the <laughs> other baseball teams having won world series more recently. I'm watching the game right now. A, Met, a game the Mets are winning. The nationals won the world series in 2019 and they're the, the team is unrecognizable from that team. It's like, like the ship of Theseus nationals. Yes. Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know. Like it's, it's a it's a silly it's a silly excuse to try to pretend like this wasn't a big series for you like it was for the Mets like this is such a big deal to the Mets this is like their World Series because they never win the World Series like don't pretend that you weren't coming into this series all hyped up mm-hmm. like we're gonna kick the Mets ass we're coming for you in the division and all that stuff yeah, I we said it for God's sakes. Like, I would like to see all your tweets from your 14 game winning streak. Um, and I would like to, uh, you know, go back in time and uh, police those for having too much fun during your 14 game winning streak. Yeah, all of them were saying we're coming for you, coming for you. They're, they were so excited as they should have been because their team was winning baseball games. And it's very fun when you're no, team you're not allowed to games. celebrate. No, 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 Allison. No, no, but. No. Since we're not allowed to celebrate these games because they're not the World Series, you're not allowed to sell. You weren't allowed to celebrate when you had your your 14 game winning streak even earlier in the season than this series. So, ooh, too bad. So sad. Um, another common refrain that I always that I enjoyed was um, that the Mets are annoying. And on the most general level, this came in with a good one. Just the Mets lead the league in annoying as shit. And I especially love this one because it's so true. I love being the annoying. most annoying <laughs> team on the planet. They will like because wear they're the you Royals. Down. The Royals were annoying. Yes, I love oh being on the other side of annoying. I love I just annoying. Imagine other like people. how it must be. Like your team is starting a baseball game, and here comes the other team's leadoff hitter who sees ten pitches and draws a walk. And then runs his ass to first base. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'd be throwing something through the TV. <laughs> so good. So good. Making, I mean, making them salty. I live for it. It's amazing. 
And of um, course, the like the, the 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 pinnacle. If I can read this one because it is my favorite. Yes, the this pinnacle of the Mets are annoying tweets is um, from Natalie, who is a truly lovely Braves fan. Follow, um, but it is one of the pictures of um, of Pete in his like pre uh, home run derby Zen mode. And it says uh, five straight games of this dingus rat boy and runs to first McGee may do me in (laughs) y'all. I am going to like dig up Netflix and pitch them a kid's baseball (laughs) cartoon called dingus rat boy and runs to first McGee. And it will be an all timer. McNeil. Um, I assume McNeil is, it would be my guess. Because it's squirrel. Oh, I mean, okay. I mean, I I like McNeil. He does have like, and he's a, a, a attractive gentleman, but like he does have the little rat face look. I can see it. Oh yeah, yes. I'll, I'll give him that. But yeah, that was just that was that the was funniest. Great. That was the funniest one. That wins for most clever salty tweet. It wins yes. because it was very. Although it was I do, I funny. don't, I I don't feel for them, but it's kind of funny. That Scherzer gets traded out of the division and then comes right back in. Like, that's going to be a pain in the ass, too. Yeah, probably. But that's not our problem. Nope. Certainly not. Max Scherzer's on the New York Mets. It's great. Yeah. Um, But we also have to give a shout out because it's it's been awesome to see the SMY production go completely viral during this series because... Um, it's been it's been talked about that this was basically over these five games, they were the most watched like on like the most watched broadcasts of like any SNY broadcast, um, which is incredible um, because, you know, the Mets are good. So now everyone wants to watch them, which is good. Um, and so as a result, like a lot of people are paying attention to the Mets right now and something that, you know, the fans like like us who have been watching the games like day in and day out for years have always known, but the wider baseball world is starting to appreciate is not only how good Gary, Keith and Ron are, which I think a lot of people do appreciate. It's how good the SNY broadcast production is. It's just an incredible piece of art. And I think people are appreciating it more and more. And we saw that when the videos of both um, Jacob deGrom warming up to Simple Man and them not cutting to commercial um, during his home debut and them not cutting to commercial when Edwin Diaz uh, came in the game uh, for his narco walk-up song uh, that we have loved for a long time. Uh, they, like The fact that they do stuff like that um, is is just, it's so awesome. And it gives you chills every time. It's so good. And well, I'm glad that other people are appreciating it. Well, John DeMars ago... Um, I'm pretty sure he's the producer. Yes, yes. Um, he tweeted because we we have noticed how they're doing like that split screen now between like the pitcher and the and the hitter, like they did it with Scherzer and Judge. Like when there's a tense moment, they'll give you like both sides. And he said that he's trying to make it more cinematic, and that's kind of what it is. Like there's no better drama. Then Max Scherzer and Aaron Judge with runners on and the Mets winning by two. Like he's he's bringing you in to to the to this to the drama of the game. And people always call baseball boring, but now you can see that it really isn't. Like there is right there's excitement, and you know you know I was crying during Simple Man. <laughs> yeah, it's like emo- it was emotional. It was. 
Well, and you just let really the moment breathe. Like it was just, it was perfect. You can really tell that the that the broadcast is created by people who love baseball because they yes. they get why. And I also pre- and I know that this probably takes some buy-in from the higher ups, but I love that they more and more have been opting against cutting to commercial in a situation when no one would expect them to do anything differently. They take those long, quiet moments and that's, um, I've never heard of that anywhere. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other thing that's been cool to see, um, and I will link this, I'll link the Demar, we'll link the Demarsico videos and we'll also, I will also link this thread because I think it's incredible and it didn't go nearly as viral as the videos themselves, because of course it, the videos were the most important thing, but there was a thread, um, by Ben Stansel and he's like, a he was a friend of John's growing up. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Um, and he gave the entire backstory about how John like got involved in in, uh, in making these broadcasts and basically like the, his passion for it and his and like his whole backstory and it, it was it was so cool and also like just very heartwarming um, and he was just like so happy to see his friend succeed and was like he's the best at this and he became one of the youngest producers that you know the the industry has ever seen and there's a reason for that um, so if you're interested in like learning more about the background of these broadcasts. Like, I highly recommend you read that thread. It's very good. Um, and also that one decision to not go to commercial and to follow Edwin Diaz in, it led to almost 8 million views on Twitter. When does a baseball highlight get 8 million views on Twitter? Like, he marketed the game. He grew the game. Yeah. Like, people who had never watched, like I was seeing comments of like people who had never watched baseball over before were like, this is awesome. Football players were commenting on it. The giants played it at their practice today. Yeah. It's just like becoming a phenomenon, which yeah. is so awesome. Like you can, which is great. Cause I love that it's Diaz and he just like backed it up by being a badass. but like baseball can learn from that. Like if you mar- if you have cool players who do cool shit, people will respond and you, you just have to give them that chance. Like this is growing the game more than anything that Rob Manfred has ever done. Yep. But what if we only let two infielders stand to the east of where the crow flies <laughs> when it's a waning moon? And I think everyone will like baseball then. Oh, wait, it's officially reached 8 million views. When has a baseball highlight ever reached 8 million views? Right. Like, you don't you don't need to, like, do gimmicky shit, like put the runner on second base and extra innings. You don't need to be doing all this stuff. You simply need to market the game correctly and do good broadcasts, and people will watch it. Yeah. This proves it. Yeah, just let the players be themselves. This was nothing out of the ordinary. We've seen it all year. This has been going on for years. Edwin Diaz has had Narco as his has his walk in music since he's been met, although he did do a brief interruption and then went back to it and has been better since. Obviously, I like that he basically said in an interview with us and didn't get the recognition. Yeah, I like that he he said in an interview. He basically does it because we all like it so much. Yeah, he's like, it makes people happy. (laughs) Yeah. Which it does. And it gets him pumped up, too, because like he he feeds off the crowd and like. The crowd is very hype when they hear that song. 
Well, people, I don't know if it's true or not, but they're like, he seems to have like timed his walk in to the beat. Yeah. But I'm like, is that what people are just seeing what they want to see? Or did he really do that? No, no. He walks into the beat. He <laughs> definitely does, I think. Um, so one last thing about the Mets Brave series. Nearly all of it was awesome. There was one thing about it that was not awesome that I feel the need to comment on. At the end of the at the end of the series, when the Mets were dominating and, you know, going to like really take it to the Braves, something that Mets fans did at the stadium to, you know, rub it in the Braves fans faces. And don't get me wrong. I'm not against rubbing it in their faces. We just did it on this show by reading their salty tweets. But how you should not do that is by ironically doing the chop. Don't do that shit. That was awful. And I hated it so much. You can't. It, it's racist. And there's no such thing as being ironically racist. You're just being racist. So stop doing the racist chop. It's not funny. It's not a cool own. It's not funny. Don't do it anymore. Like I went to the to the Keith Hernandez game. And of course, everybody was drunk and happy leaving. And they were chanting, fuck the Braves leaving. That's completely acceptable. I will take a fuck the Braves chant over the racist chop. Yeah, no, there. I you can just about anything. The chop is just it's the chop. Yeah, it crosses a line. Don't do it. Then you're no better than them. Yeah. Well, then, also, Jeff McNeil just hit a home run, by the yes, way. Yes, he did. <laughs> and then I think like was it the Braves broadcast was like, well, we'll show them how to do the chop when they come here. And it's like, no, like that's exactly the, yeah. Like that's exactly the wrong message to take away from it. But that's the message the Mets fans are sending. Like now you're just giving them more of a motivation to do it. And then they shouldn't be doing it at all. Nobody should be doing the chop. The Braves fans should stop doing it. And the Mets fans should not do it as an owner, like as a comeback. Stop. Don't do the chop. Nobody. Nobody chop. There are plenty of ways to cheer for your team. In 2000, when those were heated. Right. Well, it was mostly because the Braves were always winning, but nobody did it to John Rocker when he Everyone was Everyone ch- chanted Larry at Chipper Jones, and that was funny. Like, yes. dude, like there's ways to... They threw batteries at John Rocker. Uh, I'm not going to advocate <laughs> for that. That wasn't good. <laughs> there's, there's ways to, like, you know take a jab at the other team at, at their expense without doing the racist chop. Like, please don't. Yeah, like, I don't think they ever did it back in those rivalry days. Like, the the little, like, back and forth that Mets fans have with Jesse Winker is, like, perfectly wholesome and fun. Like, do something like, like, do that. Like, you know. Yell at, yell at a brave outfielder that he's, like, bad at parallel parking or something. <laughs> Just... Don't do the chop. Don't do it. Um, so in wider baseball news this week, the main thing I wanted to cover, speaking of other uh, rival NL East teams, the Phillies <laughs> decided to bring Pete Rose back for their like celebration. Like it's not old timers day. They call it something else. It's it was like a celebration of like, you know, past teams, basically. And they made Pete Rose a part of it for some reason. Um, and of money, course, money, money, money. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the reason. Um, and of course, you know, as good reporters do, Alex Coffey asked Pete Rose about, you know, 
the uh, the allegations against Pete Rose of having a sexual relationship with an underage girl in the 1970s. Well, the Phillies had to know this, too, when they invited him. Come on. They knew it. To which he responded, quote, it was 55 years ago, babe. 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 Sweetheart. Toots. Not only is he degrading this reporter for doing her job by using the word babe. He's also talking about how the past should stay in the past about, you know, about this horrible thing he's done, but no, but we should definitely celebrate the good things I did on the baseball diamond 40, 50 years ago, for sure. Yeah. That's a more important thing in the world, right? Yeah. Like, just disgusting and awful and like the Phillies should be ashamed of themselves for inviting this dude back like and not obviously the more important reason to not invite him back is because of the terrible things he's done but you also know that he's like an asshole right like like just to interact with like pure like you knew that something like this would happen that he would have a terrible like back and forth with someone and like put his foot in his mouth and say something really, really stupid. But not only he that, always they put does. him in the booth. Yeah, they put him in the booth, too, which was even worse. Like you're giving him a platform. They're lucky like, that, that didn't to go way, way worse. It could have been worse. It was pretty bad, actually, but it could have been worse. Yeah. And the fact that it wasn't as bad as it could have been suggests that he will probably find his way in there again sometime. Here's how you know that Pete Rose is the worst. <laughs> Kurt Schilling. <laughs> Called him a bad, bad guy with no couth. (laughs) You've lost the Nazis. (laughs) That's how you know you're a terrible, terrible person. Like, even Kurt Schilling is like, I'm not going to defend that. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, Kurt Schilling did did start the tweet by saying like, "Uh, you know, Pete Rose has treated me very well and he's a Hall of Fame player and all that stuff. Like, but... But Sounds he's a bad, right. bad guy with no cooth. And this is coming from Kurt Schilling, one of the worst human beings on the planet. Yeah, somebody uh, put the worst person made good point meme. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's literally the exemplar of that meme. <laughs> just incredible scenes. Like, just you don't have to, just like how the Mets don't have to make Jose Reyes a part of their celebrations of past teams. Please don't do it. You don't have to make Pete Rose a part of this. You simply don't. Well, Jose Reyes is coming back for old timers day. He sure is. And we're going to do this all over again for that. I mean, I'm like the only solace I can take is that I'm sure he's not going to say something like that to a reporter. Even he's not that stupid, but it still doesn't mean that we should bring him back and celebrate him. Like, Nope. Like he didn't do the terrible things that he did. No, because then you're cheering them. And then again, that's sending the message that what they do on the field is more important than domestic violence. Yep. Pretty much. So, you know, no, like, like get Pete Rose the hell out of my face forever, please. Begging you begging, like absolutely begging for this to be the last time I ever have to speak of Pete Rose on this podcast. Like, God, for God's sake. Like, can we not? Like, he's, like, it was for betting, but he's banned. Like, just let him go away forever. Yeah, seriously. Like, I don't, I mean, like, I care about the betting. Like, he cheat. I care about that. But, like, 
the other thing is way worse than that. So if you have to like cancel him for the betting, then fine. Just like keep him away from me. Yeah. Um, but we will end the show this week, like we always do, with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Before I go to each of our lovely co-hosts, I'm going to read a um a walk-off win from afar from Kellyanne Healy. Hi, Kellyanne. Um, we miss you. We miss yeah. you, Kellyanne, but we're going to read her walk-off win on the show. Um, Kellyanne says, um, a shy girl came in tonight, meaning to the library, asking for baseball books, asked her, asked her what her who her favorite team was while looking for results. The answer, the Mets. Favorite player, DeGrom, who she calls my DeGrommy poo. <laughs> I gave her books you on Hank who Aaron. would hate that is DeGrommy poo. DeGrom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I gave her books on Hank Aaron, Roy Campanella, and Effa Manley, Night Maid. She told her father to get out when he teased that he liked the Braves. He's not the baseball fan. It's her mom and grandma. So that's very sweet. She had a very nice moment at the library when an otherwise shy patron asked her for baseball books. So that's really awesome. Um, But Maggie Wiggin, what is your walk-off win for this week? Um, So so the the Mets won four or five, and my walk-off win is the fifth. (laughs) is <laughs> the one that they <laughs> the one they didn't win, win. <laughs> um and that was i had a chance to go to the game on friday um with jesse specter of willits pen to be on his podcast pod at the park um don't worry you guys are stuck with me this is a one-time guest starring gig <laughs> you cheated uh, on us <laughs> I, I to be fair i did tell you i was gonna cheat on you you did, you was... did. <laughs> and we're, we've still come back to you that was, I know, I was very open about this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had the kind of relationship where if we set clear boundaries. We would, <laughs> we'll have to keep working on it. But yes. in any case, um, <laughs> but it was, you know, aside from, aside from like most of the game, it was, uh, it was just a lovely night. Like the heat in the city had finally broken. I think we spent like half of the podcast talking about how beautiful the weather was all of a sudden. It was, um, yeah, it was just a gorgeous game. We got really good food. I finally, uh, we hit up that porchetta sandwich. From oh my Tento God. Porchento, and it was like, I try that. It's so we also good discovered like in, um, I, it used to be the Caesars club and gun to my head. I could not tell you what it's called now, but it's the space that used to be the Caesars club on like the, the third level, the 300 the level, club I, now? the, the, ins- the, like, the club behind home plate on the 300s level but they have there at one of the stands they have um pineapple soft serve swirled with what? vanilla that sounds and delicious. it is so good it is like the best dessert thing i have ever had there and it's so like beautiful in its simplicity it is amazing so we had really good food um is that the excelsior club that might be that sounds very fancy. So that would make sense. The, I think that is the, the Excelsior. I think that's the Excelsior level, the 300. Yeah. So oh, that yeah. would make sense. Um, but anyway, go because it's delicious. Oh my God. Well, that's where my um, tickets are for old timers day. So maybe I'll have to now do it. Um, and yeah, and it was just like, it was great. You know, Jesse and I had talked a lot online. We had never hung out at a game together. So just wandered around the stadium, enjoying the beautiful weather and good food and the idea of baseball 
Um, but you know, and the joke's on us because they came back enough that we didn't feel like we could leave early. <laughs> so it, but it, so really like all in all, it was, uh, it was a really solid night. I think the episode came out great. We'll link it later. Um, but yeah, so thanks Jesse and will it's pen also, um, uh, Linda sometimes writes with them as well. Um, you, yes. And Pot at the Park. Thank yeah. You. Awesome stuff. We will link the episode, um, as Mackie said. Um, my walk-off win this week is also a game at City Field. I went on Saturday. <laughs> Luckily, I got to see you a got Mets a win. better luck than I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maggie got the worst luck because, again, they won four out of five. <laughs> um, so I was at the day game on Saturday, the David Peterson start. Um, and we had a fantastic time. I was there with Michael uh, and Michael's sister and his brother-in-law, um, and we had an awesome time. And I got to also try the porchetta sandwich for the first time, um, and it was incredible. I think it is my new favorite food item at City mm. Field. Um, nothing can quite fill the void that Nicoletta has left in my heart, but this can come close. It was so delicious. Um, I still miss pressed. I know. I miss pressed, too. But this was really good sandwich, like just really good. No notes. 12 out of 10. Fantastic <laughs> sandwich. Um, yeah. So definitely going to go back it to that again and again. Um, did not have. Unfortunately, my original plan was to try the was to have the porchetta sandwich and also have the triple play shake. But we went to Ebbs and we stayed at Ebbs a little too long because we were having a little too much fun at Ebbs. So we we got there like 10 minutes before first pitch. So we just like ran and grabbed the porchetta sandwiches and ran to our seats. So I didn't have time to get the triple play shake. But I still plan on doing that at a future game. Um, I support this endeavor. Yes. Um. Yeah, so that's my walk-off win for this week. Um, before we sign off, uh, I wanted to uh, officially announce on the show, I think we may have mentioned it in passing, but I want to make an official announcement that Dollars for Dingers 2022 ooh, ooh. will be held at Ebbs on September 17th. So September 17th, mark your calendars. It's the Gary bobblehead day at City Field of the Gary, Keith, and Ron. Don't worry if you want to buy tickets to the game. We will not. Uh, conflict with that we will start our event around four o'clock before the game and you will be able to leave the event with hopefully with your prizes in hand if you win prizes um in plenty of time to go see the game afterwards so dollars for dingers ebbs 4 p.m ish september 17th be there or be square all money will always all the proceeds as always will go to the national domestic violence hotline and we have many fun surprise prizes in store that we are not at liberty to talk about yet, but they're going to be very good. So come to dollars for dingers. We're so excited about it. We can't wait to see you there. In the meantime, you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. We have analysis, game recaps, morning news posts. I have weekly meters for you every week. All of that at amazingavenue.com. You can follow amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at a pot of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petit PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. You can email the show, own at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. Bye.